Welcome to the Don't Die podcast, sponsored by Aloe Treatment Centers. They're out in Malibu. They're in Silver Lake. It's a treatment center I started with some friends. We want you to get the right treatment, the right program for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Mike, for crying out loud. Hey, Bob, stop dying, and Patrick. Obviously, our friend Hal Negro was not adhering to the rule. No, and I was thinking we would do a memorial type of podcast to him at some point where we played his music and, you know. Yeah, did, did you go to the funeral, the online funeral? Yeah, but there wasn't any. Was there music? Yeah. Mike, Mike you didn't even pay attention. There was well, a lot you know, of his music. I had to go out and at one point, but. No, there was cool collage and whatever, but, I mean, he is dead, and it's so ridiculous. Right. But. And he knew about Don't Die, and he used to laugh about it, and I would, you know, tell him, you know how, uh, I did say this one thing to him after he beat cancer in 2019. This is, by the way, friends and family out there in podcast land. This is one of me and Mike's closest friends, just died of drugs about 10 days ago. One of my, I mean... This, I've been friends with him for 40 years. Long, so long crazy. time we've been friends with Hal. Yeah. And um, and he, uh, so, so he had beat cancer in 2019. And I joked at him kind of bitingly because he, he was having troubles following direction, let's say. And I said, Hal, you don't want to be the person that beats cancer and then just goes on to die of drugs. Huh. I said that to him about four months ago so fucked up i wish i don't wish i didn't say it i just wish or just wish you could have heard it you know yeah. so that's why don't die is like right in your face don't fucking die you can die of drugs any day don't die that's the whole thing live long enough to figure it out just get and, this get the sinking ship to the dock that's all we need yeah, you to do or swim just swim <laughs> jump out and swim get to shore so so, you know, it's, yeah, we'll talk about how and uh, once I gain my thoughts about it, I just, we had the memorial, what, like four days ago, five days ago, and, and I, I got all choked up. When they have a memorial for somebody that you've been dealing with on the addiction side, it, it enlightens you. I got teared up when Joel spoke. I don't know why, like Joel, our friend, the guitar player, when he spoke, I started crying. I don't know why. It was just so sincere about, how cool how was i mean there's there's reasons why you're friends with somebody for 40 years it's because yeah. they're cool and like way cool but the addiction just it's so insidious it just eats away at you realizing how cool the person is right yeah, yeah. and so that's something that's coming up but as there's somebody dies a baby is born and up in Milwaukee, and Wisconsin. Let's our introduce buddy our friend Patrick, the future mayor of Milwaukee, the future reigning <laughs> champions of the NBA, is here in celebration of his new baby boy. Patrick, how are you doing? Man, I I am through the roof. Um, I, it's it's incredible. It's two days. Uh, it's his name's Rowan O'Neill Riley. Uh, he's born uh, nine pounds, nine ounces. Wow. Uh, yeah. I hope that's not my story coming up here pretty soon. <laughs> um, and, I mean, I'm not going to say anything that people don't already know, but mom was absolutely incredible. Just like, um, it's like, it's, it's unbelievable. If you've never witnessed childbirth, 
it's just makes you think like, why are the men in charge of the world? This is the, this is the real deal. Yeah, we have to say, like as three fathers here, that no guy really ever told me how I would feel about my wife when she was giving birth. It was all about like, oh, you feel so great and grand and it's life, but you feel so overwhelmed that your wife has gone through that and she's such a strong warrior and just the immense feeling of love is incredible. And just just awe. I was just yeah. in awe, like... That's this is a rad situation going on right here. Because face it, you know, when when we're when when you're born when you holding the kid, it's you know, it's like a little bag of sand, it doesn't have a personality. It oh my know. god, Mike. <laughs> well, let's get to Patrick's experience. Go Patrick, ahead, Patrick. Sorry. You just saw it forty eight hours ago. It was awe inspiring life. Yeah. It was. I mean it and I would steal Mike Sunder and he was kind of on the point. Like it, it is awe inspiring. The fact that like, and, and this is the second time that I've, I've been through this with my wife. I mean, we have three children, um, but uh, the, the, to see it happen is just, I, I can't explain it. Like I, I was talking to my buddies before I had kids and they're like, well, I'd love to tell you how it is, but you won't understand it until it happens. Um, and they were completely right. But just the sheer, like, I thought I loved my wife. Um, But every time that she does this, like it just a whole new door is open and just the amount of like, like respect and just like bad assery. Respect. That's what it is. Yeah. And respect. So with Rowan two days ago, he was, we were scheduled for induction. Um, So we get to the hospital at like five in the morning they start the Pitocin, which gets, things going i'm I'm not an ob i don't know um but like every half hour they turn it up and she um the contraction started getting closer and closer and more and more and more and i'm sitting on the she's sitting on the edge of the bed and i'm holding her and she's going through contraction and she's like uh he's coming and we're like what and the charge nurse luckily was in the room and she's like all right heather lay back and she checks and she's like you're having a baby um Unfortunately, about Our doctor five minutes, is not here. <laughs> no, no, the doctor. Well, the, the a doctor ended up being there, but five minutes before that, she's like, you know, I think I'll go with that epidural. So the the epidural doctor walks in, and Heather's in labor, and he's basically standing behind her to put the needle in, and they're like, nope, you can't so, do it. Nope. So my incredible wife went wow, like wow. nothing. Absolutely nothing. Just like, complete. wow. How's she doing? How's she feeling today? There she is. We just saw her walk by. <laughs> Walking by. She's. If it was you, Patrick, you'd be in bed milking. She's. For she's a insane. Month. Oh, dude. Yeah. No. Of course I would be. I mean, she, we were. She wanted to leave the hospital the next day, and and she. We've been home for two days, and I like am constantly trying to keep her from doing. It. She's. A, she's a total badass. Like it's insane. Um, it, that's it's Wisconsin incredible. too. That's a little bit of Wisconsin. Oh, is it? Yeah, that's not really LA style. <laughs> <laughs> what? The actual the birth things are the same. The uh, the 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 getting up and out of bed and working the next day is not LA. <laughs> Though a really good friend of mine uh, was doing a murder trial. She's a lawyer, and she 
she wanted to give she didn't want the murder trial to be interrupted by you know having to give birth so she induced like the weekend before the murder trial like on thursday had the baby rested over the weekend started monday morning in a trial a murder trial how wow. badass is that that's not la either that's like this isn't like virtue signal or anything but like women are just better like they're just better yeah they are why do people not realize that I've known him my whole life because I was raised by a mom and three sisters. So it's just like I grew up in a household of four women and my dad was just around on the periphery, like as a, I don't know, as a, I don't know what he was really, a supervisor. <laughs> but the real core of the house was run by women. And, and it's just so, so crazy. But I'm so glad you went through that. And I wanted to have you on immediately because I know you're probably getting this from eight, maybe even some of your own podcast buddies. But I've been getting this because Chrissy and I are having another baby in April. And I get this. And I appreciate that my friends are honest. They're like, how can you bring a child into this world? This shit, godforsaken world. And I was like, I don't think it's that shitty. I know that certain parts of it are ridiculous right now, but but life is just like riding your bike and like, you know, going fishing and going to school. And I, I don't I don't think the world is ending because the adults don't know how to how to be adults. I don't think I don't know what your thoughts are, but if you had friends say, how can you bring another kid into this world? Yeah, because I yeah. have I have had that said to me. Well, first, I would tell you that this wasn't like we weren't checking the ovulation calendar to calculate <laughs> um, <laughs> calculate uh, our third child. Um, but, Were you economically uh, planning for it? Was there a whole you know college fund oh, no. and all that? No, no, no. <laughs> he was 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 he born on on January sixth? Uh, on the eighth. Oh, okay. oh, you missed it by two days. It could have gone down to yeah. legend. So. Uh, so you just, yeah, typical Catholic. You're just like, oh, what oh. day is it? Like, okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Same as well, me. Once a Catholic, always a Catholic. I know you're a little more Catholic, still hold on to some of it more than I do. But if you're born and raised Catholic, you're fucking Catholic for life. That is true, man. It's weird. I, you know, yeah, I was baptized. Yeah. It, it, even if, let's just say, even if you didn't have the best experience in the Catholic school system, uh, you still hold on to some of that Catholicism. Um, that is one hundred percent sure. But and I don't know. I don't know how people plan babies. So so when Chrissy was like two, when Sid was like two years old, we decided, okay, you're fifty six. Okay, let's go again. And we just started having unprotected sex. Is what whatever. Like you know, we're married, so it's not like it's all the time. But you know, figuring, okay, we'll get pregnant here, and then. A year went by and then two years went by and we're like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe she can't get pregnant anymore or whatever. I don't have any sperm. And then all of a sudden, right around Halloween, we're like, she hasn't had her period. <laughs> like, mm. like, what is going on? Oh, my God. We've been blessed by we've been blessed by the Lord. <laughs> yes. It'll be five years old when when this boy is born. It's so crazy. You know, we were planning on like two years apart. Now they're going to be five years apart because we didn't know why she couldn't get pregnant. We're not going to go to a fertility clinic or whatever. Like that costs money. I'm not going to go to that. Like, <laughs> huh. Just have sex. See what happens. The Catholic motto, have sex. See what happens. 
Yeah, I mean, and you live in LA, couldn't you like get a crystal or something like that, or like a shaman to come in and yeah. bless bless the vagina? And <laughs> yeah. in, in, so, in, in Wisconsin, we just you know it's COVID and it's winter and it's cold, so that's it's kind of one of the things that's that's left to do. And you know, I'm 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 in recovery, so like you know, there's not many vices left, and my wife is incredibly attractive, so. There you it go. Was ba- It'll happen. It was bound to happen. It's meant to be. But you're like 10 and years. You're like 20 years younger than me. I'm right? 41. I'm 41. Uh, you're like you're like six, 17, 18 years younger than me. Jesus. Uh, so 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 a long time ago, you asked me why I would bring a child into this world. Yeah, right yeah, now. yeah. What's your explanation? Because uh, I think the younger people can change things, and I think. Um, a long time ago, you know, this is a recovery show. Like a long time ago, I was, somebody told me like, Hey, listen, you know, you could be remembered for being someone in recovery and not for someone that did drugs. Um, and that kind of stuck with me. Um, and I've made a lot of changes. Um, and I never wanted kids that, you know, I never wanted blah, blah, blah. And like kind of this just slow creep where like, I think, I knocked the 12 steps a lot, but one of the things that 12 step taught me was like, everything's going to be okay. Um, and my wife is incredible. I've turned my life around. I have like these weird things called morals. Um, I like helping people. Um, I, my selfishness has now turned into to be selfish for like my family and like read books and all that weird shit. Um, right. that like totally like makes me happy now. And like just watching my three-year-old like put on her princess gear and spin around like that, that, that shit's amazing. And, really I, and I'm not, and I'm not going to let like the shit of the world prevent me from experiencing that or bringing that in. Like I, I but, can, but dictate- what if it's always, here's my theory. It's always been like this. It's always been fucked up, sad and beautiful world. It always has been go back most people are just comparing it to like Obama administration. Compare it to the depression. Compare it to you know English English aristocracy in the 1500s. It's always been fucked up. Right. Mankind is kind of like a beautiful and fucked up creature that does awful things and beautiful things and terrible things and amazing things. It's always been like that. It's just the narcissism of now with social media and 24 hour communication that everybody thinks like, oh, this is the time that's never happened before. That all this news reporting about it's never happened before. Yes, it has. John Adams, the second president of the United States, who was best friends with Thomas Jefferson, was so pissed off that he lost to Jefferson. He left town on a horse the night before and did not attend the inauguration. Thomas Jefferson and John Adams. This is the same thing that's going to happen in a week. Stuff with all this. It's never happened before. Everything's always happened before. Everything. They burn the, they burn the White House down. It, like people don't read enough or they don't know enough or I don't know. But I just fight back like, listen, you don't have to have children. You know, that's fine. You probably shouldn't. But don't tell me or make me feel like I shouldn't be because you perceive the world to be so fucked up. 
the world is is always been fucked up and people have always tried to make it better and inch by inch little by little you know slowly and like what you say that slow creep that recovery is that slow creep that heading towards a better day and a better society is always happening it's always happening and and so you know i get down as the next person like i just can't believe how stupid people are but but you know that that I guess has existed forever too. <laughs> hey, Patrick. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, I'm got a question. Um, is it your first boy, right? First boy. Yeah. Yeah. So are you prepared to take him ice fishing? <laughs> oh my gosh. And if not, Mike yeah. will take him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'll, I can, I can break out the auger and the, and the tip ups and, uh, yeah, I, I will show him how to ice fish probably not very well. Um, I go fishing every year with my buddies and I read, don't catch anything, but, um, yes, I will get my son out on the what ice. Is sober? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What is so I know what, 95% of the ice fishermen do is get right. fucked up in there. What does sober ice fishermen do? Read they the just, big they, book? They have meetings out on the... Have a they meeting? Have, yeah, meetings yeah. out on the oh ice. God. How could hell be any worse? <laughs> no, no. Do you know, so I've been going up north, not ice fishing, but I, I've been going up north with the same group of guys since high school. So my my fishing trip has changed over the course of... Oh, but theirs hasn't. Years. Has theirs hasn't though? They're still not drinking. really. Yeah, of course <laughs> they are. Um, but like, I drive, um, and uh, I still have a great time. And you know what? Like they say, like you got to get rid of all your friends early in recovery. No, that's, I did yeah. not. These you are my true buddies. That? You know who do that? People who had no friends to begin with. <laughs> right. It was a good They're excuse. They're the ones that say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you gotta yeah. Get, gotta willing be willing to give up all your friends, dude. I have like really great friends that drink and smoke weed, and I'm not gonna give them up. And just because you had no friends, and you're just saying, you know, the, the only friends you made were in the 12 step program, that's not true. And what was interesting for me and Mike is eventually all our friends kind of joined AA. Eventually, it took like 25 years, but eventually even my son joined it. So it's like, you know, you just. I had a friend that I, that, that I would just, uh, you know, I started him on drugs and stuff and I would go over to his place and record still. And I would prop the door open with the big book so we could get some air. And then in the middle of the <laughs> session, I would, I would say, Oh, I got to go real quick. I'm going to go run over to this meeting. I'll be back in a half an hour. And he'd like, what? You know, I mean, just all of that stuff really helps, you know, just being on your mark with your friends. Yeah, I think, still using. I think I think everybody makes rules up that they don't adhere by and, and don't make any sense. And I think that both in our, in our society, like you can't do this, you can't do that, this and that. And you're a bad person. If you think this and you're a dumb person, if you think that all the rules, like I, I just have never been a big rule guy. Yeah. Right. And That's what when hypothetically, whenever I would say, let's say work with someone, I tell them to read and know the first 164 in and out. So when someone tells them bullshit, they can call them. On they it. know, like, yeah, right. Or like, just in simple stuff, like people have been saying, "Oh, how?" So a friend of mine said when I when he found out that I, we were having a baby, he said, "Well, how old are you again?" And I was like, "59." And he's like, "Oh my god!" And I was like, "You know what? What was the point of that?" You know what <laughs> right. I mean? Most people live to be 82, 85, whatever. My kid will be 20 when I die. So so what? 
Like, you know, how many people in America are dying at 30 when and leaving little ones behind? You know what I mean? Right. So many right. that I know. So many. And so, yeah. but that that's, the, I just wondered what, what the different cultural things are from Milwaukee to here. I got asked, why would you bring children into this godforsaken world? And aren't you too old to be having children? And that's, that's like, I, I just can't imagine that that's what people were saying 20, 30 years ago. It was like a baby brings abundance and people were positive about it. And nowadays, once again, there's this new narcissistic version. Like, I didn't ask the person what they felt about what age was appropriate to have a child. Right. He just and forwarded that information to me. I mean, for, for the record, neither Ryan or Kevin said, why are you bringing a child into the world? Like, the the four-year-old is in love with Ryan. Like, right. the, the three-year-old is, like, that's her boyfriend. And Ryan, you should see Ryan with, with the little one. Um, and Kevin's got two kids of his own. So neither of them were like, why are you bringing a child into this world? But it's more of, like, kind of like the pseudo friends right like the kind of people that you run into here and there and it's kind of like an off-the-cuff comment um and some of them it's just like i don't know waste my time with it but it's like like you said like why would you even say that like what what do you, does it make you feel better or does it like is it solidified that you don't want to have kids and if you don't want to have kids like rad cool you probably, probably shouldn't. shouldn't. Yeah, probably shouldn't. <laughs> you know um, i'm just all in before we you know, there's this round and round and round about are schools open there or not open? Not are really. your schools okay? So the, the, the Catholic schools are. Yeah, <laughs> goddamn right. So the schools aren't open, and and I'm tired of the updates from the LA Unified School District. They literally call you every day with the updates about this and that, and the and the the superintendent's going to talk on tomorrow about it. And you just realize it's been a fucking year. There's been no school. There's probably not going to be any school this year in 2021. So I just said, fuck it. And I converted a room in our house. I made it into a classroom. Sid's got, we're hiring the preschool teacher that taught at Sid's school who doesn't have a job because they tore down the preschool to make a parking lot. And, and we're just going to have school here. And I'm just going to say anybody that wants to come and, you know, wants to, you know, join in to little kids being able to be together and play. We've been trying to do it off and on for like four months, but it stops and starts because of COVID. A kid gets COVID and, and then everybody has to get tested and then it goes round and round. Why can't they go to preschool at least? I understand when you get to the bigger schools and there's 500 students and all that. Preschools are usually, you know, 20, 25 kids. Like it, so we're going to just do it. And I was just over there working on it just now. I got yeah, the Bob, real school desks and everything. I mean, that's that's super cool. But like the preschool is like, there's got to be a janitor. There's got to be a principal. There's got to be an admin. There's got to be the teacher. So like, it's more than just the kids, aren't we? You're putting all those people that work there at risk also, aren't you? Yeah. And that's one thing they're doing in Arizona. This friend of mine, Josh, had the greatest idea that's been proposed in the school district in Phoenix. Though All those people are at risk, right? And that's why schools aren't open to a certain extent, right? Why don't the teachers be remote? The janitors come after school when the children are gone. So, so the kids would go to a classroom with a bunch of like at, my, at Elvis's school, there's a bunch of student interns, they're all in their 
you know, late teens, early 20s. They're going to college for education. So they're there with the students. You put the, you know, the school mom up on the, on the television screen to teach the class. She's safe. The teacher's union should be happy. The kids get to be together. And of course, socially distant and wear masks, you know, the majority of the time, as much as you can. But try to get children back to school. I'm telling you, they're not going to go back to school till February or, or like till the end of January 2022. That will have been a year and eight months of their lives not going to school. It's not right. And I'm not a Trumper, so don't write emails to me. <laughs> it's not like you'd answer them anyways. No, if they come to my email, I see them. I get, it's so weird. I get, because I don't check my emails till like 10 or 11 o'clock at night because there's so many of them come in. I'm doing so many things. And then, like, it literally be like 11 30 at night. I'm by myself in the living room and I read some horrible email to me, like, what an asshole I am. And they hope I die and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and it's just like, what a way to end your day. <laughs> what, right. a, what a nice way to end your day. <laughs> I think oh, I'll go wonderful. make croissants. <laughs> wonderful. And this, this, this might be where Mike, Mike does the edit, but the, I, I keep on getting um, people texting me because uh, Bob and the monsters on prime right now, I think. Right. Yeah. So, Oh, is it? I, I think so. But in the last like two months, I've gotten a couple of texts or whatever. And they're like, Hey, isn't that that guy? I'm like, yeah. Do people, is it, because that's how I met you, because I watched it through the end of the credits. Yeah, your yeah. Phone, your phone number is on it. And yeah, I was like, it still no, is. That's why people no can way. text me. <laughs> <laughs> like, people text me. I've been talking to these guys in Austin, trying to help this one guy, and, and like, it just ha happens randomly. Last night, a guy from Palm Springs emailed me about it, or texted me about his friend, and but the emails, because my email address is pretty common knowledge. I think it's on, you know, on Facebook or whatever. But so once in a while, I'll just get somebody that's just so angry at me for something I said. And I, I at first I tried to 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 respond back and kind of have a dialogue where I'd say, "Yeah, what I said was wrong," because they'll tune in on something I say on this or something I say on your podcast and it just makes them so pissed off. And then they <laughs> disregard everything I've done or everything I'm, I, everything else that I said, cause I do like say crazy shit. I don't mean it all the time, but I, I have a passion for addicts, our society, children, what the fuck's going on. And I think it's a breath of fresh air to not have a filter. You know, when, when, when I think about the people that I really loved, like Richard Pryor, uh, Howard Stern when he was on regular radio, um, Lenny Bruce, uh, Bill Burr, when I think about the people that I really respect about ideas and talking and entertain, entertainingly talking and storytelling, they don't have a filter. You have to take it within that context. Like Bill Burr goes too far for even me sometimes, but I consider like it's fucking Bill Burr. That's his thing. He goes too far, even yep. for Bob Forrest. But you don't hate him for the one thing he said that you disagree with and then start emailing him what an asshole he is and blah, 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 blah. I don't understand people's mentality like that. And it doesn't happen a lot, but just randomly it does. Bob, all they need, all you need to do is tell them to like, 
listen to the next episode when you change, like because <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna but bounce back and forth. But like that 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 no filter people, like I I the night before the shutdown, Heather and I went and saw Chappelle, and well, he's entitled. Went, See, he gets a free pass for no filter, right? Why? Right. He doesn't have a network right. TV show. He doesn't have a rehab that can get attacked. He doesn't have to worry about his job like you might have to or Kevin might have oh. to. Or Ryan might. You know what I mean? He's Teflon. Say whatever you want, bitch. He doesn't care. He doesn't yeah. care. Because I just, he, I, I, he doesn't play the game. He doesn't have to. He's one of the few people, you know, because Bill Burr has a podcast company and he has you know he if if netflix wants to drop Chappelle, hbo will pick him up within 45 seconds you know what i mean Chappelle <laughs> yeah. is untouched he's untouchable i and, just loved it because we i laughed my ass off he went almost three hours and it was just hilarious and then when we were driving home i was like i just was at like a history lesson i think like i learned a bunch of shit when from his stand-up that eight so. minutes and 49 seconds was unbelievable. Yeah. That was unbelievable. In, that'll be in history. Have you seen, I, I just recently found Bill Burr's like 16 minute rant against oh, yeah, the city of Philadelphia. <laughs> Absolutely gold. Gold, gold, gold. Anybody at home, if you love comedy the way me and Patrick do, you got to see Bill Burr's rant against Philadelphia. They started heckling him and he just, Something came unglued. He just lost it. <laughs> Some of the stuff he's saying doesn't even make sense. Like, fuck your mother in the asshole, you fucking Philadelphia motherfuckers. <laughs> like, it doesn't, it's not even, it's not funny. It doesn't make, you know, literal sense. He's just like out of his mind. <laughs> it's so great. Have you, have you, have you seen it, Mike? I have. TikTok, <laughs> it's just nuts. It is nuts. So anyways, that, that I, you know, it is this unsolicited opinions people are always willing to give you. You're too old to have a kid. I think you're too old to have a kid. I think it's horrible to bring children into this world. Uh, are you going to? And then there's another part of of L.A. where there's very and they're all pro natural childbirth and anti epidurals and anti hospitals and all this kind of stuff. When you when when Sam, my ex-wife, was pregnant with. Elvis, we were getting that. Are you not going to have an epidural? Are you? It's like, of course you are. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> but I like the old days. I grew up in the old days with I Love Lucy. Remember the guys sat in the waiting room and then they lit a cigar. <laughs> <All right. laughs> they were not in there watching the whole thing go down. That's for sure. Well, on that line of thought, I, I, I have a procedure scheduled uh, later in... Uh, or I'm sorry, in early February, February, I have a procedure scheduled where I definitely will be getting local anesthetic and <laughs> probably most likely a benzodiazepine before I walk into that office. So, oh, are you getting I'm, your wings clipped? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep. All right. All right. Well, yep. you know that's. I don't know. What's the wait a minute? What's the church say about that, Patrick? Gee, many Christmas. Mm. Um, I think, well, if I, if I use their logic, oh, I don't think I could ever have sex again because it would not be procreative. I got an idea. Just don't tell them. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, I, my, I, I, that's Mike's religion. Just don't, <laughs> just don't tell them. Just don't fucking yeah. tell them. You're supposed to confess every week, Mike, everything that you didn't yeah. thought. 
I heard that. I heard something like that. That, 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 that would be weird if I like went up for communion and the priest was like, mm, I'm going to need to see something. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I, live- I had a cat. I had a cat, a fallen Catholic priest, client friend who became a regular person or whatever. And, and so, you know, we were got pretty close there for a while. And I asked him like, what's the main sin you hear con- uh, confessed? And he Holy said, shit. he said, lust, right? But not not acting on lust, just having lust. Like literally everybody has lust. And I said, see, that's what I would think it would be something to do with sex. Like, don't you think the church is a little backwards about sex? <laughs> yeah, kidding. Yeah. And, but he even though he had left the priesthood, he still stood up for it. Like, no, it's a tradition and blah 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 blah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Every Catholic girl I know has a hang up about sex, and so do the Catholic boys and it just creates a weird sexuality, this oppression of sexuality and that you have to feel guilty. And so so people are going to confession every week, confessing like I was in the supermarket the other day and there was this baba boom teller and I lusted after her. And uh, <laughs> I, like the, that's a common thing that, that people are confessing. Still, <laughs> in 2020, in 2018. Did you just describe it as a va va Well, I'm thinking of the typical, like, 55-year-old <laughs> Catholic guy. Okay. <laughs> Boy, you are old, Bob. My Uncle Woody used to say that. He'd see a, a beautiful woman, he'd say, va va boom. I you don't know, even know what va va boom means, but... You know the I, old va va boom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So... So you're having the baby. You got. Are you going to have to move? Do you need a bigger? Do you need a? How many bedrooms you got there? Three. You got three bedrooms there. Four bedrooms. Uh, one, two, three, four. We got four. Okay. People, so he, I got to explain this, people. He just turned around from the camera and looked at, around the room and said, "We got three, four. He was counting as he was looking around. So that was amazing, Patrick. Right uh, now. Well, Right now, there's talk that Sid and Elvis are going to share a bedroom uh, because, because you know, we have this other house that only has two bedrooms. So the baby's going to... Because right now, Sid sleeps in the bed with us. And then, you know, she'll start in her bed and then she crawls back in and all back and forth. And so we're thinking, like, what do you do? You're going to have... And I've thought back to how families have been for years and years and years. Yeah, it's going to be me and Chrissy and the baby in the bed, and Sid and Elvis have the bunk beds in the other bedroom. Yeah. That's, no, that's you got the that, way they used to do it. Elvis, no, you got that sweet RV. Elvis has got a I gold know, plate. Elvis can stick camp out. Hey, we <laughs> used the RV this weekend. I forgot to tell you guys. What? We went. We didn't stay in it, but we rode in it. <laughs> Very nice. Let me tell you something about a 1994 Econoline RV. Man, when you're going 72 down the highway, it makes a lot of fucking noise. You can't hear a radio. I, I installed that t- that TV to like watch movies. There's no way you can watch. It's like the like the refrigerator metal rattles and the and the oven rattles and the doors are shaking off and like. 
the whole thing just makes so much noise. You think that you're getting in an accident the whole time, but it's just the RV rolling down the road. <laughs> really? I got to figure out some things to duct tape down because it really oh is God. such a rattle track. It's just so loud. <laughs> Because once I, when I, you know, the building of it and getting it and all that, I was only going on regular roads like 35, 40 miles an hour. You get out on the highway, that thing is like. <laughs> <laughs> it was unbelievable. <laughs> Sid was holding her phone up to her nose to try to, try to hear. Like she didn't, she doesn't get the ears on the side. She just kept trying to hold it up closer to her so she could hear her little YouTube thing. <laughs> and she was holding it up to her nose. <laughs> I was like, Sid, you need, you need those, uh, those uh, uh, Bluetooth headphones. That's what you need. If we all that, so that's the new plan, that all four of us are going to have Bluetooth headphones and then we won't notice the rattling of the thing. <laughs> yeah, Bob. So now... So now you know why you only see him on the side of the road on PCH and like Malibu <laughs> and Hermosa. Dude, I don't know how to, was it always like that? Even when it was brand new, did it make that much noise or does that come with time? That's what I was trying to figure <laughs> you gotta out. You got to tighten up every screw and everything. You got to you gotta yeah. go through the thing and just tighten everything. It is great pulling by this side of the road and peeing though. It, it was so great. You just pull, I just pull by the side of the road, jump in the back, take it out, pee, boom, let's go. We're on our way again. You don't have to pull in a parking lot and go fake like you're going to buy something. You know, you know, you just pee right in the, right in the thing. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know if they've always made that noise, but I do love the fact that your fix to your RV making so much noise is to get your kids' headphones. Not fix the RV. Just get, get the headphones and make it what? really loud so they can't hear Listen, the RV. Literally, the sound is coming from all directions. Who would know where to begin with the sounds? I know that the, the kitchen is making a lot of them. I know that. But the doors rattle. It's kind of, yeah, the, the, just like in the overhead that sits on top of the roof of the, of the cab where I sit. If you hit a big bump, it makes a really scary noise like a scratchy noise. And then it, just in general, the screens on all the windows just rattle. It's just like, it's the loudest thing. It's like a metal, it's like a heavy metal concert, just driving down the road. We drove out to the desert and we checked in somewhere and then we watched TV and then we came home. But so we did go RV in this weekend. <laughs> Hell yeah. Try that thing cross country. Come to Wisconsin. Let Mike borrow it in February and I'll take him ice fishing. Yeah, we'll drive it out on the ice. On Craigslist, on Craigslist, there's some of the greatest little trailers like, you know, that you pull with your car. I'm thinking maybe those are better. <laughs> I might have to, you know what I mean? Because they're just making noise in the back. You're in the car all calm and quiet and listening to XM radio. You mean those little egg-shaped ones? Yeah, they have the coolest ones in Wisconsin open. over and over again in Wisconsin. It's like the center I, for all those trailers. That, <laughs> it must be because I follow like every single one of those companies on Instagram, like all those little escape pod campers. They're so yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's one called the egg or something, right? The egg? Well, there's also the old 60s ones that have a door and everything. You just walk in, there's like a table and chairs that fold into a bed. And then there's a little refrigerator and real cool 60s things. And so maybe that's the way. I think that I like the idea of an RV more than the actual doing of an RV lifestyle. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
idea of everyone being in there for two days, I was like, no, 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 we're going to get a hotel. No, 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 no. And Elvis Where like, did you guys stay when you went out there? We sat up a little place, right? We didn't go to Joshua Tree. We went to Palm Desert. Oh. Right. Yeah. It's where I grew up. You know, I tried to tell the, show the kids where I grew up, where I went to school. They could care less. Nobody cares. Do you, do you show your kids, Patrick, do you show your kids where you went to elementary school? Do they care? I show I've showed them because it's like twenty minutes away and they 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 don't really care. Yeah, why I, do they I, not I, care? <laughs> I care so much for them. This is where when I was your size, when I was your age, this is where I went to school. And she's like, she looked up and she said, "Can we go in there?" Because there was playground, and I was like, "No, it's locked up because of the sickness." And she just started walking back to the car. Okay, <laughs> we've seen it. You grew up in Palm Desert or Palm? Yeah, yeah, Palm Desert. I used to go there. My dad was an attorney and there was like the annual lawyers meeting at that Saved by the Bell Hotel. The one with like the boat in it. You know what I'm talking about? There's like the Erewhon Gardens or was it when was it? 70s? 80s? I'm not that old. Like, uh, yeah, the late 80s, early 90s. Late 80s. Well, I, I grew up like outside of palm desert well now it's all one thing it's like las vegas the whole thing but when i was a kid it was just all desert and a few golf courses and it was fun but you know mostly i wanted to get out of town because of covid there's just like so much covid it's crazy how are you guys doing up there with it uh it's still pretty much the same it's i mean we're wisconsin we're really red it's uh, a lot of no maskers um the numbers are through the roof um how's the how's the drug addict population and the homeless population there or the you know the people having a hard time how how's the infection rate with them because ironically it's very low in la like the homeless people are not getting it so we don't have so so i work with that population on a day-to-day basis with very large numbers and we do not have as many numbers as like let's say the "Quote unquote normal population." Yeah. So, I, th- so, what, so, what do you think it is? Like, because we have still, what is it? It's like it's the beginning of January. We've still yet to have an infection at Allo. Not one client for ten months. I don't have any science to back this up, and I, I still have not tested positive, and I can't believe that. The only thing I can draw it to is like the amount of like rails of blow I did off like toilet seats. Like, I think, like, I'm just, like, (laughs) I think I'm just, like, immune. I don't know. Like, I've I've had worse things. Well, it really is an immuno-response thing. And maybe addicts' immune systems are always in full-on war posture. Mm -hmm. Your immune system is constantly fighting off what you're doing to your system. Right. You've got infection and you've got you've got malnutrition and you've got you're fighting. You're always fighting because it makes no sense that the homeless population in Los Angeles has a lower rate than normal. In Milwaukee, you're telling me the same thing. It just doesn't make sense. Who goes in and tests the homeless people? Who who tests them? No, probably the nobody's social testing. programs. Yeah, they are. Oh, really? no, Mike. Mike's got a Mike's got a really valid point there. I don't know a lot of people. They're they're not going to Tent City to do the drive-through COVID testing. No, but they do it at the social services departments. And where you get, I bet you a lot of them just stay away from that shit. They just go, I don't want to have anything to do with the man. You know what I mean? That's why I'm homeless. But they're not even seeing hospitalizations from that population. So are they just 
you know, I don't know. Dying in the bushes? Yeah. yeah. Are they really just dying in the bushes? Yeah, probably. Yeah, and I, I think, well, I do know this. I, I do get the, unfortunately, I get the death reports um, all the time. Uh, and any of the ODs, like now it's standard to have COVID positive, COVID negative, And a lot of the ODs are COVID positive. So they might just be carriers or whatever that's called, where they're not. Like, oh, that's or they might they might be sick already, and then the overdose kicks them over the edge. Just like, but if you have comorbidities and you're older and have diabetes, all that kind of thing. It's it's, it's some strange times. I, I don't I I know that in five years we're going to know more about COVID than we do now. That's just an absolute fact. But I'm looking at these anomalies like it's almost impossible that two or 300 drug addicts have come through aloe in the last 10 months, all tested negative. The whole entire stays negative. Um, it's so crazy. I, it's just like, well, it's, we don't know enough yet about it. I think, I think, you know, if you use five years from now, we look back at this, we're going to say, wow, we missed the boat on the number of overdoses and suicides. I think that those numbers are going to, uh, we are getting eviscerated in in greater milwaukee area with overdoses i mean every record is just shattered it is well people are lonely like if if yeah they i did a bunch of talks towards the end of the year because those stats came out on december 6th that uh 84,000 people had died from drug overdoses and that was the highest in history and it was probably going to be more like 86 8700 87,000 they haven't finalized the total but the uh. idea that if the disease is a disease of loneliness, right, and anxiety and depression and feeling separate from COVID, COVID is doubly and triply affecting the addict population. So if the average population was functional and now they're reporting depression, the depression addict population is suicidal. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's all, it's all, you know, relative. The normal population, like quote unquote, binge drinking is up like 60, 70%, something like that. Man, I, I, I'm not going to like judge anybody that decides to go to a quote, a meeting in person. Like, I don't, whatever, like what's going to kill them. It's like, I always think of like the people that jumped out of the windows on nine 11, right? Yeah. Like, they knew, they knew they were going to die, but they'd rather jump than burn to death. It's getting serious, that's for sure. And, and just really interesting in the middle of what I felt was, you remember when I was in Milwaukee, I was like, the death rate's going to go down. We've, we've seen, the, we've seen the, the kind of apex of it. Now we're going to be a more enlightened society and have more open-mindedness, both in the 12-step world about Suboxone and harm reduction, naltrexone, and we're going to we're just going in a better direction then COVID hit. And it just seems like the whole thing is just blowing up more death than ever before. Yeah. Craziness, you know, suicide is the leading cause of death of people between the ages of 18 and 24 suicide. Wouldn't a yeah. society that had that question themselves? No, no, they wouldn't. When your young people are killing themselves. I mean, I feel like sometimes we're on Easter Island. It's just a way bigger, bigger piece of land. You know, in Easter yeah. Island, there's all this mythology about what happened to Easter Island. It was overpopulated. They started 
you know, they over they over used the, the land so they couldn't grow any food. It turned into tribal warfare. It turned into cannibalism. It turned into suicide. It was just madness on Easter Island is what from the bones and what the remains they found about it. And I started to think like, at a certain point, if you were on Easter Island, you'd go, man, things are really fucked up. We should take a look at this stuff. We should, we should start figuring out some things. Instead, it just got more and more tribal and weirder and weirder. And I think when your young people's leading cause of death is suicide, you as a society should all stop and pause for a second and think, what the fuck is going on? I can't. I, the only thing I know about that is Easter Island is from the movie hop the cartoon because i have a three-year-old and that's that that wasn't the story of easter island i was aware of <laughs> no those things that they put up on there were, were in reaction to all the death and famine they were going through there 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 was just this overpopulation right it was this fertile soil it's a really interesting story there's so many interesting things that's another thing about people that are so focused on all the negative like there's so many things to be interested in and find out about. Like I'm reading this book about this woman, this Hungarian, I saw a documentary about this Hungarian um, uh, woman in the 15th century that murdered 600 women. I was just like, I gotta know about this. It's like, it's just fascinating. How the fuck did that happen? What, what the hell was going on in Hungary back then? Um, there's just so many interesting things, whether it's, you know, basketball or... In isolation, you're catching up on all this stuff, all this history? Yeah, I, well, I've always been interested. I watched the Captain Beefheart uh, documentary. That was about it. <laughs> but, but I've just always been interested in stuff, not just addiction, but politics and, you know, what these current times make you look back at history. It's pretty easy to find some good um, websites to read about history and some uh and it, it's just like this is this has happened before this has happened before several times and you know because if you think you're living in the ends of times that's one thing that so many fundamentalist evangelicals always i've been thinking my whole life oh this oh, is yeah. the ends of times oh they've been carrying like, the end of the world sign forever yeah and and no that that's what people thought you know, in the during the plague, and that's what people thought. You know, in the fourteen hundreds, and that's what people thought in the nineteen. Remember those cartoons 80s. in Playboy magazine? It always had a guy standing on the corner with the end of the world sign and some fucking stupid comment. <laughs> when you were growing up there, in the seventies, there were cartoons there were, in Playboy. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Probably had a naked lady standing next to him or something. But, you know. <laughs> But eternally, if you stay curious about things, you will stay less negative about things. Right. That's a fact. And that yeah. that's something that I think a lot of our 12-step brothers and sisters could just stay curious about it. What, why do you always think you completed the course? I never think I completed the course of anything, of life, of how to parent, how to be a friend, how to be sober. I never th feel like like there's completion of something and there's so many people walking around thinking they've completed everything or they know everything and they're just going to stay stuck. And it's curiosity and interest that, that like it's the only reason I think to exist really. 
Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why we're having more kids. Like I'm curious. I want to see what this little Rowan does. Like I, you know, like what's you know going to happen? O'Neal what is he going to do? O'Neill is my middle name. You know that. O'Neill is my middle name. Oh my God! Well, Catholic. Wow. You know, they, Catholics Something love that there. fucking O'Neill middle name, don't they? That was my. Hey, uh, Patrick. You know, you know, you have like a like a small lisp, right? Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to be just like and like thrilled as hell if your if your boy has this kind of small little lisp that you have? Because it's you know it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty cool actually. I I think language is picked up uh, in the home, so hopefully he'll have it. Um, it, it was a lot of uh, speech work. Uh, in uh, elementary school, I had a lisp and a stutter as a little kid. And crazy enough, I married a speech pathologist. Wow, so nice. I probably have to, I probably drive her crazy every time I speak, but she still loves me. So, Funny at all. so I, by the time we talk again, I just Mohammed Forrest will be born. I'm, uh, we're naming our son after my, my grandfather and Chrissy's grandfather. Chrissy's nice. from Iran, oh, nice, Mo- nice. Mohammed. And I just thought, like, this generation, as much as I put millennials down, they really don't see race and they don't see gender as, like, big deals like baby boomers and, and Gen Xers do, right? They're not so tied to prejudice. Right. And then I think the Gen Zers, like, really don't even know what the issue is at all. Imagine what our children are going to be like. They're going to not see race. They're not going to see... There, it's just like there's a future there of a less racist, a more tolerant, a more kind of beautiful society. And so I thought, like, you know, the one thing that everybody always makes everybody feel a little uncomfortable is Islam and, and you know, all of 9-11 and all that kind of stuff. And I want this blonde-haired, blue-eyed little Catholic <laughs> boy to be named Mohammed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Patrick, congratulations. Congratulations to your wife and children and a new assembly. And I'm glad everybody gets a bedroom because that's a conversation around here. Congratulations, man. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. And thanks for uh, all you do. And uh, look forward to it. Don't die, Wisconsin. Don't die. Don't die. We still have a podcast, it's on iTunes. Check it out. Ryan is now a state certified Narcan trainer. So Ryan is putting Narcan into everybody's hands, which is super sweet. And Kevin is saving lives one intervention at a time. So we're 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 doing we're doing good. So thanks for all the support. All Don't right, get man. Discouraged. See you. To, see you later. Congratulations. Don't die, Don't die everybody. Hey, this is Bob, and you can get a hold of Aloe Treatment Centers at 888-595-0235. That's Aloe Treatment Centers in Malibu and Silver Lake, 888-595-0235. Tell them Bob told you to call.